Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Pastor Ben Pitney has a message titled, Called to Mercy. Turn to Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. So what's great about that eagle song, I mean, all the eagle songs are pretty great, but um, there's that line in there where he says, you know, sometimes we just go through life and we're in chains and we don't even realize that we have the key. And um, that's, that's my favorite line of that whole song. I mean, other than uh, you'll have to eat lunch all by yourself, that line is, that's just like out of the blue kind of goofy and it just makes me want to say it. So, uh, <laughs> so the, you know, the, uh, beyond that, right, so much of the culture around us, I think, is in change, and they don't know what the key is. And I think that uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about how, what the key is, what the secret sauce is, I think, in life. Last week, we concluded um, the Gospel of Matthew and taking a, a, just a little better part of a year to, um, to journey through the Gospel of Matthew. And it all kind of comes to a conclusion. Matthew brings it right to um, the resurrection really quickly. And so we concluded it. But I kind of saved this message on purpose. I want to go back um, for a couple of reasons. Because I know that you are struggling just like I am because too many people talk to me all the time, ask me questions um, in, in particular regarding um, all things pandemic, coronavirus, and how it's affected us, right? Um, I haven't said a whole lot about it uh, recently, but people are asking lots of questions, and I think it's reasonable. And Lynn and I experience uh, the same kinds of things where um, uh, maybe even in your marriage, one person has a view of things that is completely different than yours. And um, so what do you do? How do you navigate that? And within inside the church, it's definitely like that. We all have a little bit different view of things. And our culture, um, our media uh, does not do anything to be helpful. Uh, in my view, they make it worse. Um, defund the media. Um <laughs> right? They just make it worse. And so there is a war on reality. Everybody's lying to everybody. I mean, where's the truth? So it makes it kind of difficult then to navigate just simple things like the mask. I got scolded the other day just um, in the Sprouts, um, Sprouts grocery store <laughs> of all places. So, you know, we're trying to be healthy and Linda seems to think that that is that, that store is healthier than others in terms of what you buy. I just think it's more expensive. And then they, they don't wash the vegetables as much or something. I don't know. They, nothing looks as pretty in there, but evidently it's more healthy. And so I, I was in there and I took my mask off because my nose was running. I don't know. It, the mask makes my nose run. So I pulled it off and I was, you know, and then I got scolded by the mask police you know, and I'm like, can't you tell I'm just trying to be healthy because that's why I'm here and it didn't matter. So, oh my gosh, they got yelled at by these, by the grocery store mass police. And, 
And, you know, it did not make me want to love them very much. So I know you're facing the same thing. I know. You know, everywhere you go and everything you do. And, it, you know, just try bringing up anything political and see if you don't get in trouble. I get it. So how's the church, how are Christ followers supposed to respond to these things? You know, it's, there's no doubt um, that we are all wrestling with this. And it's not, you know, stop using the language when things get back to normal. That's not happening, right? We're, we're, and I don't think God wants it to. We've got to continue to navigate moving forward through all these things. In spite of what Major League Baseball is going to do, you know, about the All-Star game. Oh, I love baseball and it's making me hate baseball. Um, maybe some people are like, yeah, uh, I like Coca-Cola versus Pepsi. I don't know anymore. You know, I, I like to fly on Delta. All these big companies, what are they doing? Stay out of it. What, go away, Right? And there's so many things. So what do we do? We just boycott everything if you don't like it? Or are you glad? You know, I, I don't know. Um, what does the Lord want us to do? And so we're going to draw the truth out of the text today. And I think it's very applicable. I really do. For myself um, included, I wrestle with it just like you are. And I, I don't think it's right to pretend um, like the church shouldn't talk about it. I mean, it's, that's ridiculous. We need to navigate through this. What is, how does the Lord want us to respond and act and be? I think he's really clear. That's why I saved this message. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter 25. Before we do, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12, okay? I usually, I'm, I, I spend time in between series and things like that. And I, a lot, most of the time it's in the this great theological deep work of Paul's in Romans. And I love it. It's complicated. You should read it. It takes work. <clears throat> Excuse me. But let me set it up like this. I just want to read chapter 12, one verse really quickly and sort of set the stage <clears throat> for what we're going to talk about today, which is being merciful. And we're going to talk about the mercies of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says, therefore, now, I know I've preached almost a whole message on the word therefore before. It's a big deal. It's an important word. It's like saying in light of, okay, in light of, because of, so then, okay, so that word therefore is really a big deal. It's a big deal because everything in front of chapter 12, 12 verse 1 is what he is referring to. So in light of all these things, 11 chapters that I, I've laid out all these truths, therefore, then he says, I exhort you, I'm appealing to you, brothers and sisters, those are key words, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. So what about these mercies of God? See, Here's the thing, as Paul writes this, his view of life is really clear. It's crystal clear. It's objective, it's historical, and, um, and it focuses, his, 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 
his view of life, his view of God about the nature of God is, is, is very, very thought through, okay? So Paul's view of life is clear, objective, historical, and, and it's full of spiritual truth about the nature of God. So, in, um, and he's explained that for 11 chapters. So he says, live the way these truths demand. Okay? Live the way these truths demand. There's a whole biblical worldview in this little word, therefore. And he lays it out. He's saying, I, he's saying I'm, I'm pleading with you to think about this and embrace it and build your life on the great gospel truths of these first 11 chapters. The mercy of God revealed in Jesus Christ. That's what the first 11 chapters are all about. If you could just kind of summarize it in a statement. The mercy of God revealed in Jesus Christ. He's saying, he summarizes it basically by saying, the point of life in Christ is to feature the mercy of God in Christ. The mercy of God. Now, I, mercy does not come very natural to me. <laughs> I'm not exactly, I don't know if anybody would describe me necessarily as, Pastor Ben is so merciful, okay? Um, if you make a mistake, a legitimate mistake, actually, I'm really merciful. It's when you're not paying attention and you're aloof and you're lazy, and then you make mistake because of that, I'm so not merciful, all right, about those things. I'm not saying that's a good thing. But here's the thing about mercy. If you look at the reason for this from Paul and apply it, I, I, I think it will transform and change your thinking, include your own perspective on how merciful you are, how merciful you are not. So I want to look at the reason for this these, as, as Paul lays out these uh, 11 chapters in this one verse, because the reason life in Christ has to be built or our lifestyle as a Christ follower has to be built on God's mercy in Jesus Christ is that that's the whole point, Paul says. That's the whole point. We are to feature, we are designed by God to feature the mercy of God in Christ. We exist, actually, to put the glory of God's mercy in Christ on display. Now, there's lots of things that God does. He gives us pictures. He gives us all kinds of things all, uh, all the time to display things, to feature his nature and his purposes. This one in particular sums it up. So, so that's why Paul spends 11 chapters opening the mercy of God in the work of Christ, just opening it up and featuring it and explaining it and teaching it. And then he says that word, therefore, therefore, build your lives on this, live a life that shows this, that's why you exist. And that's what we want to talk about today is this mercy and why we exist. So he's saying, because of God's mercy revealed in Christ, therefore I do this, and then I, but I don't do this, right? Because of God's mercy revealed in Christ, therefore I speak this way and not that way. 
Because of God's mercy revealed in Christ, therefore, I cultivate this kind of emotion and put that kind of emotion to death. Because I exist to feature the mercy of God in Christ, I live this way and not that way. Life in Christ is built on something. It's built on something. What is it? It's built that you not just build your life on just anything, but build it on the mercies of God is really what Paul's been teaching for 11 chapters here. He says, he says I'm, I'm appealing to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy. Just, just, just think of this for just a, uh, just a minute. Of all the things that Paul could have picked out of Romans 11 chapters, of all the things he could have focused on as the root and the foundation of life in Christ, he picks out the mercies of God. I think that that is Significant. I think that's an amazing thing, actually. Parents, teach your children that the, the behavior and attitudes you expect from them are built on something. Don't just act this way and be this way just because I say. Teach them that the reason why you are to act and be this way, it's because your life should be built on something and teach them what that is. Having written of God's wrath and righteousness and judgment. And you know, Paul writes all about that. He teaches all the way through those things for 11 chapters. His wrath, his righteousness, his judgment. He teaches about our fall and sin and death and of Christ's death and of Christ's resurrection. He teaches us about justification by faith alone and the coming of the Spirit to sanctify us or to set us apart and to keep us. And, and, and he teaches about God's absolute sovereignty in his faithfulness to the elect, the church, and Israel. He, he says all of this, he teaches all of that, and then he picks out this one great reality as the sum, as the zenith of it all, as the height of it all. And he says, therefore, by the mercies of God, I'm appealing to you, I'm, I'm exhorting you. It's not careless. Look at Romans chapter 15 in two verses. Just flip over to Romans chapter 15 really quick. Two verses. I tell you that Christ has become a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the, in verse 8, verse 8 and 9, chapter 15. In order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. There it is. There's the focus of all 11 chapters. Actually, all 16 chapters is that we might make the mercy of God look great amongst the nations. That's our role. It's part of our purpose. And I think it's actually bigger than we probably understand. The mercies that flow out of us are important, or mercy, the mercies of God should flow out of the Christ follower. That's really my, nail, my next point. I want to challenge us as a church, as Christ followers, as a household of faith, a family of families, to build our lives on the mercies of God. And it is not easy. We should be able to say as a church, because of the mercies of God in Christ, we are going to live the life 
of Romans chapter 12 through 16. And, and, and listen, I'm not off on here. You're on the right track here when you just walk down through chapter 12. You just, let's just walk down through it. I'm not even going to really teach through it, but I'm going to point out some verses. Go to chapter 12 again and walk through it with me just really quickly. And look at all the mercy that, that, that is to flow out of us when we build our lives on the mercy of God. Look at it in verse 8, near the end of verse 8. If it is showing mercy, he must do so with cheerfulness. Is what, he, is, is, is what Paul is teaching. Verse 9, love must be without hypocrisy. Verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints. That's other Christ followers that are in the church. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. The second half of verse 15, weep with those who weep. The second half of verse 16, associate with the lowly. Verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Verse 19, do not avenge yourself. Verse 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. We must, I'm not going to say live this way. We must be this way. This is who we are supposed to be. How else are we going to keep loving each other in the days to come when the vision of Vail Christian Church is making room in life for people, how else are we going to live this way when we face the tests of our capacities for mercy to each other? How, how are we going to face all these things without mercy flowing out of us as it should be, without being merciful? How are we going to love our enemies and return good for evil when we are slandered because of our stand on the truth and on the authority of the Bible? How are we going to face those kinds of things? The church is going to face more and more slander because of our stand regarding the truth and what is actual truth and authority. How else will we love our enemies in, um, in, in the midst of a culture that attacks and undermines the meaning, the actual meaning of marriage, or the attack on the science of gender, or racial justice, or the horrific undoing of, uh, of the ban on partial birth abortion, or the message that there is no way of salvation except through Jesus Christ alone? If our lives are not built on and saturated by the mercies of God in Christ, how will we stay merciful and magnify and feature the essence of who God is? How will we do that? If our lives are not built on the mercies of God in Christ. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 25. And let's see. Let's draw the truth out of the text from the Gospel of Matthew, the part that I just kind of skipped over on purpose, and let's go back to it now. Starting in verse 31, Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be assembled before Him, and He will separate people 
one from another like a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did, you see, when did we see you sick or in person and visit you? And the king will answer them, I tell you the truth, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers or sisters, that's key, of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not receive me as a guest. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not give you what you, uh, whatever you needed? And then he will answer them, I tell you the truth, this is you did not do it for one of the least of these. You did not do it for me. And these will depart into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, there's some strong stuff in there, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of that part of the Bible where it's a little scary. I kind of passed over this a little bit, but I'm, that's why we're returning here. Because I think this is about as relevant as it gets. I want to make two points that kind of really stick out. And then we'll kind of unpack them. But here's the first point. We are to show mercy to some people because they are Christ followers. It just, it just sticks out. There are people that follow Jesus. That's the church, the universal church, Christ followers. And we're to show mercy to those people just because they're Christ followers. And then number two... We're to show mercy to some people because they, they are not believers in Jesus as well. So we're to show mercy to Christ followers because we see Christ in them. And we are to show mercy to those who don't believe because we want to see them come to know Christ. It seems actually pretty logical. We help suffering believers because they bear the name of Jesus, because they bear the name of Christ. We help struggling believers and we're merciful to struggling believers because they bear the name of Christ. And we help suffering people who do not believe in this hope that we have in hope that they will come to bear the name of Christ. Galatians 6.10 puts it like this. So then, you could actually say, therefore, okay, Whenever we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially, underline that word, especially to those who belong to the family of faith. Really? Yeah. 
You know, some of the hardest people in the world to love are your own family. Did you know that? (laughs) It's actually true in church too. (laughs) The especially that's right there is because there's an added gratification of affirming in them what God has already done in saving them. So the complexities of trouble in being merciful. So in, let me say it like that. So in the complexities of trouble, there's lots of complexities when people are having trouble. In being merciful, we are carried by two motives. On the one hand, the desire to confirm and honor the faith of a brother or a sister in Christ who's suffering by giving them a break or relief and help. Plenty of Christ followers struggle like that. And on the other hand, the desire to waken faith in Christ in struggling people that are far from God by giving them relief and help in Jesus, in Jesus' name, with Jesus' gospel. So there's, there's two things going on here. Let's talk about mercy to believers because these are some of the most difficult people to be merciful to. Consider two teachings of Jesus. First, the teaching of Matthew 25, 31 through 46, the great judgment when Jesus comes and he separates the sheep and the goats and sends one group of people to hell and the other to heaven. It's pretty poignant. Look at verse 46. And these will depart into eternal punishment. That's hell. But the righteous into eternal life. What's the difference between these two groups? That's what I want to know. What's the difference here? The difference Jesus Jesus focuses on is how they treated his brothers and sisters. Did you catch that? His disciples. The issue is actually mercy. The issue is mercy. Verse 35 and 36. I was hungry and you gave me food. Thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I was naked. You gave me clothing. Sick. You took care of me. I was in prison. You visited. So then verse 40, Jesus explains how they were touching him. And the king will answer them, I tell you the truth. And remember, you know, every time Jesus says that, that's where you sit up and go, okay. He's saying, I'm speaking truth here. Listen, this is important. Focus. Look me in the eye kind of thing. I'm telling you the truth. This is how it is, actually. Just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. His brothers are his disciples, It's not everybody. This is not every suffering person. Jesus doesn't call his enemies his brothers. You know, last week we were talking about how when the women ran to the tomb and they found that Jesus wasn't there and then the the angel scared them to death and he said, you know, don't be afraid. And then they interacted and then the angel says, go and tell his disciples to meet, meet him in Galilee. And then Jesus um, actually, they, they, they take off running in obedience and then Jesus stops them in their tracks and says, hey, hey, morning, right? Hello. And then Jesus just virtually repeats the same thing that the angel says, except for Jesus says, tell, not his disciples, he says, tell my brothers 
tell my brothers. Christ followers are a big deal to Jesus. A big deal. Matthew 12, 49 and 50 says, and pointing toward his disciples, he says, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. You're a big deal to me. So when Jesus says in Matthew 25, 40, that mercy to the least, namely his brothers, is doing mercy to him, he means doing merciful things to his disciples is doing merciful things to him. Have you thought of it like that? When you are merciful to brothers and sisters in Christ, you are being merciful to Jesus. You see the very same teaching in Matthew 10, 42. If you just back up to Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, it says, whoever gives only a cup of cold water to the one of the little ones in the name of a, a disciple, I tell you the truth, there it is again, right? He will never lose his reward. So in other words, let me sum it again. Jesus says that true Christ followers are merciful to Christ followers because they are Christ followers. And that's one of the main ways that your life in Christ is shown to be real and to be authentic. Which is why heaven and hell actually hang on that. Wow. I'm, I, I think part of the point here is, is that if we can't get it together here, how do we expect to have it together out there as we're being merciful when we walk out there across the bridge? It's got to be here. People got to want what we have. If you think of it in line of that, People need to want what we have. How, why would they want what we have if we can't be merciful to each other? Right? James explains, uh, James explains it really great. James is full of practicality. He explains how this fits with faith as the way of salvation. James chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, he says, If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacks daily food, And one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat well. You know, hey, good to see you today. But you don't give them what the body needs. What good is it, he's saying? What good is it? What is that? So also faith, if it does not have works, is is dead being by itself. Saying this is how you prove who you belong to. If you don't ever produce the fruit of practical love towards brothers and sisters, the least of them, Our faith is dead and we're not saved. That's the point. Kind of makes it scary. So mercy has got to flow out of us towards Christ followers because they're Christ followers of Jesus or we're (laughs) self-deceived. We're self-deceived. It is true. There are times. I've even said it. It would be so easy to work here if it wasn't for people. Right? Right? Come on, you said that too. You just may have said it different. Let's talk about mercy to those who don't believe. 
Because does this mean that those who don't believe shouldn't get our mercy? Obviously, no. In fact, Jesus has got really strong things to say about this. He said that if we only love those who love us, if we only do good things to, uh, um, to those who do good to us, we're no different than those who are far from God. So yeah, show mercy to your brothers and sisters, yes. This is what the true family does, the household of faith, a family of families. But if you only love your family, if you only sacrifice for your family, you're no better than those who don't believe. So it can't be just about this. This isn't a club. Look at Luke chapter 6. Let's start in verse 27. So Matthew, Mark, Luke. Jesus says some really great things here that Dr. Luke records. He records multiple details here. In Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 27, says, But I say to you who are listening, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other as well. And from the person who takes away your coat... Do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks you and do not ask for your possessions back from the person who takes them away. Treat others in the same way that you would want them to treat you even in the Sprouts grocery store. I added that little part on. What does this have to do with me? It's easy to wrap it up really quickly. You ready? The point of life in Christ is to feature the mercy of God in Christ. So we have to build our lives on the mercies of God. Build your lives on this. That's why we exist. That's why we exist. I don't, uh, I, it's not easy. I'm, it's not easy. I'm poking fun at it a little bit, but it's not easy. I get it. I don't like anybody telling me what to do. Nobody. Who likes that? And we are Americans. We don't like people treading on our rights. Right? I don't want to, right? Do you? I mean, come on. No way. Number two, if we're the true church, and that's what we want to be, we want to be the fake church. No. If we're the true church and true disciples of Jesus, mercy's got to flow toward Christ followers or we're self-deceived. Remember, right? That's what's so sobering about this, that heaven and hell, hang on this. I don't want to leave that part out. It's one of my words. Heaven and hell, hang on this. And number three, if we're the true church, we'll show mercy to people far from God so that they might come to know Jesus so that they might come to know Jesus. So we got to get our act together here and then take it across the bridge or nobody's going to want what we have. It's not always easy to know what the merciful good is in the complexities of the world that we live in. The world is in pain, no doubt. It's not easy to know what mercy should look like a lot of times in veil or Mexico, or on the border, or in the store, or with your neighbor. 
But Christ never claimed that this would be easy. Never did that. He claimed just the opposite, actually. He simply said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he died. He rose again to cover all our sin, making mercy possible. We are, uh, the church should be all about mercy in the smallest ways and the most significant ways, right? Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for the truth here that we're able to draw to the text. Uh, The hardest part, Lord, is living it. So go with us, Lord. Remind us. I'm praying, God, that your Holy Spirit would convict us, would keep us from straying, would remind us often and help us check our attitude and our heart consistently regarding being merciful. Lord, help us to know and believe and understand that we surrender all of our rights as Christ followers, that all of us belongs to you, Lord, everything that we have. Help us to be a good steward of our mission and our mandate to feature your unbelievable mercy. So continue to transform and change us. Lord God, renew us each and every day so that we might be really good representatives of your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.